This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, April 25th, 2021. Undercover Boss, Breakfast Barbecue. Good morning, Connection Church. Here, there. You can type in good morning if you'd like. There we go. So good to be with each and every one of you in all of our, gosh, hundreds of locations. There you go. So um, this is our last week of our series, um, Undercover Boss. Series we've looked at three post-resurrection encounters that people had with Jesus, people familiar with Jesus who didn't recognize him. If you've the show Undercover, we said this our week, but just in case somebody wasn't isn't familiar with it, it's where somebody high-ranking, often a company president or owner of a large company, goes undercover to kind of you know, do lay, uh, bottom-level labor in the place to to just see what's really going on behind the scenes or uh, in the scenes, uh, touch base with the rank-and-file employees and get a real feel for uh, what the company's really doing. And also, the opportunity to see what some exemplary employees are doing, sometimes not so exemplary, but usually the exemplary employees are doing. So in this series, we're looking at how Jesus is kind of undercover with uh, some people who actually knew him. First week, uh, we looked at, um, at uh, where Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early in the morning and didn't even recognize Jesus, thought he was the gardener there next to the tomb. And then, and then uh, last week, we looked at a Jesus encounter with two disciples on the road to Emmaus uh, late in the day on that first Easter. And today, today, Jesus has a breakfast barbecue for the disciples, and at first, they don't even know who he is, the undercover boss. So good morning again, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We do welcome you. Some of you uh, feel confident enough to come back, and it's good to see some of you for the first time. Uh, God is so good. It's great to know that you're back there uh, in your homes, and it's great to greet each one of you as well. Let's go ahead. Oh. And you heard that we're expanding back to our 9 o'clock service in two weeks, right? That's really exciting. Mm. So as oh. we're growing, mm. we'll be able... Mm. Oh, and, oh, one and more next thing. week, you'll be on comfortable chairs. Next week, you get the chairs back. So things are a-changing. Yeah, yeah. I'm, um, I don't know. They might be napping off in those chairs. I know, I know. So, Okay, let's pray. Almighty God, thank you so much for today. Um, Holy Spirit. We welcome you here. There's some beautiful news that you share in your scripture. And so we just want to share that and, and in effect, shout from the mountaintop to share the good news. And so settle us in wherever we are. Remove the distractions that might want to have us glance here or there or think about something else. But help us really think about you, Lord, right now. And we pray this in your holy name. Amen. All right, so I am reading from John chapter 21, verses 1 through 3. This is the New International Version. After Jesus appeared again to his disciples, afterwards, sorry, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, 
the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. So it says afterward. See, from the previous chapter, we know that, uh, that this is taking place more than a week following that first Easter. Jesus has already visited the disciples twice. First time was on the evening of Easter, uh, and he met with all the disciples except for Thomas. For some reason, Thomas was missing. A week later, again, but this time Thomas was there. And so this was afterward. Peter decides to go fishing. Uh, we're not told why, but we are speculating, and we want to share those speculations with you. You know, things have been kind of crazy for the disciples. I'm sure Peter and the other disciples, they have been emotional wrecks with everything that had gone on uh, with, with the crucifixion of Jesus, with what they witnessed, not to mention the uncertain future. They were probably looking behind, you know, behind them, like, when am I next? When will I get crucified next, since they were followers of Jesus? So what happens when things get really crazy in our lives? We just want something normal. We just want something familiar. Like now. <laughs> like now. Yeah. And so for them, that would go, that would be fishing. What would that be for you? Oh, wait a minute. Anybody have an idea? Making pasta. Making a big pot of spaghetti. Pretty predictable. Yeah, pretty predictable. For me, it might be uh, sitting outside in the sun and, and reading a it was book. that beach scene. Right oh, yeah, there. the beach. That's my gig. Anyway, for Peter, it would be fishing. And so for the others as well, Thomas and Nathaniel and the sons of Zebedee, also known as James and John, along with the other disciples, their names are not given, but they're out fishing. So if they went fishing to get away from it all, to spend some quiet buddy time together to, to clear their heads, well, it appears that they were successful. If they went in out with the intention of actually catching some fish, they were not. <laughs> After fishing all night, they came up empty. And, 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 and uh, Peter and James, none of these guys did this professionally before they started following Jesus, but they come up empty, completely empty. It had to be a little frustrating, I would think. I don't know, it would be for me. It's probably why I don't like to fish. And to make matters worse, there's a guy on the beach who apparently has noticed that they've come up empty. And so he calls out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? You know what I'm going to say. Is there anything more frustrating, more irritating, than having someone ask you the obvious about a situation that you're already frustrated with? Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. <clears throat> and so the real challenge here is, the one asking is none other than the risen Christ, right? They don't know that yet. Um, for some reason or other, though, he's, he's the undercover boss here. They don't realize he's the one asking the obvious. I'm giving them credit, though. They don't get all sarcastic with him. They, 
Okay, even though they don't know who it is, they keep pretty cool about it, don't they? Here we go. They did have their company manners on there with this. Go. They didn't lash out. They just replied with a simple no. Company no, manners are no, but they're important. No. Company manners, yeah. remember that. And then Jesus gives them some advice. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. So Jesus directs them where the fish are. You got to give them credit. They don't go, who are you? Or you know, they, don't, they don't say anything that you think they might. Now, on the one hand, Jesus knows all things, right? Omniscient, all-knowing. And, and, and through this supernatural power, he would be able to direct the disciples right to where the fish are. On the other hand, from his position on the beach, maybe he's able to see, maybe they're sparkling in the water, maybe he's able to see where that school of fish is. Natural, supernatural, we're not told. Either way, Jesus gives them direction, and by following the direction of Jesus, they are successful, not even realizing it's Jesus who's giving them direction. A little side note, follow Jesus, you'll be successful. Say it with me. Follow Jesus, I'll be successful. There you go at home, follow that too. Here you go. So, they didn't even know it was Jesus, but he's given them direction, and it was good direction. It's, um, it's like that prevenient grace. Anybody here ever heard that term, prevenient grace? Yeah, prevenient grace. That John Wesley, he's the founder of Methodism, he, he, he dreamed this up. And, and prevenient dress, prevenient means before it comes, prevenient, before we even know what's coming, before we know what's going on. God's, before we know God's unmerited love that's being offered to us, that happening before we're even aware of it, before we even have knowledge of it, those times in our lives when God is acting on us, drawing us in, wooing us, to use an old uh, you know, dating term, wooing us into relationship long before we even know what God has in store. Yeah. Again, like an undercover boss. You know how they go undercover and you don't even know what's going on there. When we look back, you know, when we look back on our lives, we're able to see God's hand, aren't we? If you really look back, you see God's hand long before we were cognizant of it, long before we have even had an inkling that God was there. You know, when we have a baptism of a baby, which that, will happen on Mother's yeah, Day. Yeah, coming up on Mother's Day. Back to normal. You know, that, that's a prevenient where they don't even know what's going on, but God knows what's going on, and God's got plans, right? Yeah, there you go. So, so it's like on that on this fish day, as Jesus directs them, and they don't even know who it is that's doing it, but they follow what he tells them. In addition, what we have here is not a bad formula to pay attention to. Like I said before, following what Jesus tells us to do, you know, Jesus always has our best interest at heart, doesn't he? He's not going to lead us down a bad path. That's not who Jesus is. That's not how he works. All we have to do is follow his direction, follow his lead. He'll always direct us to the <laughs> right side of the boat, whatever we're doing. Picking it up at verse 7. Then the disciples whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. Hello. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, 
for he had taken for he had taken it off and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from the shore, about a hundred yards. Then they landed. When they landed, I can't read today. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. So John, the disciple whom Jesus loved, you got to love it because he's the one writing this story. Uh, it's me, <laughs> is able to recognize Jesus on the shore. I don't know. Maybe he's got better eyesight than all the other guys. Maybe he just got new glasses. It doesn't tell us, does he? Maybe there's something about Jesus' movement and he recognizes it. You know, whatever the reason, John recognizes the undercover uh, boss on the beach when nobody else does. But it's Peter... You got to, you know, Peter, hello, who immediately reacts by jumping in the water. Not surprising. Peter's always the impetuous one. You know, ready, shoot, aim, Peter, you know. You know how that works. They're close to shore. It says about 100 yards. It's at one football field, right? 100 yards. Um, yeah, that's a little bit of a distance away. You think about being at one end zone looking down at the other. That's, a, that's not, not right there. Um, it's a real good distance when you're hauling a net full of fish that you can't, that's hard to, to pull in. But once they get on the shore, they see Jesus is ready for them. He, he's, he's fired up, hot coals, fish, bread. Who here eats fish for breakfast, by the way? When we were in Korea, oh, they, some there we go. Do. Yeah. In Korea, they did that. Huh? I'm not much for fish anytime, but especially breakfast. But anyway, that's what they had, that's their deal. Is it me now? You're up. Okay. So, if Jesus you're following said. along in your Bibles, we are looking at John chapter 21, verses 1 through 17, and I'm going to pick it up now at verse 10. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you have caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. Now, it doesn't tell us who took the time to stop and count the 153 fish, does it? We're not told who did that. And you have to wonder why. You know, I always say when we're reading Scripture, two things. You have to ask, why is it in there and why isn't it in there? You know, why did they take this precious, uh, you know, there's so many words, the precious words that say 153, we're not told. It's a good question. But a lot of theories, if you look up in commentaries, there's really interesting, like, formulas for how they get to 153, some of them pretty wild, but anyway, what, what I think is this, um, we're told 153 to let us know that this is real. You know, it's not just a lot, or it's, it's an actual number of fish, some, they did somebody count them, it's real, in other words, it's just not another fish story, you with me here? It's just not a fish story, it's it, it, it's real. The fish are real. 
There's a real number of fish, and Jesus is real. Risen from the dead, in the flesh, on the beach. And here's the thing, after listening to Jesus, Peter and the boys had a BHC of fish that day. Do you know what a BHC is? Big honk and catch. You got that right on. Big honk and catch, filling the net, but not breaking it. As Bible scholar William uh, Barclay suggests in his commentary on the book of John, we're reminded here that the church is always big enough, whatever the size of the catch. Yeah? yeah. Say that again. Always big enough for whatever the size of the catch. Can I get an amen from you guys at home? Type it in. Amen. Big letters. Always big enough for those who desire to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, no matter, no matter who it is or how many there are. Yeah, that's good stuff. Breakfast barbecue on the beach. Eating together is a relationship kind of thing, isn't it? Around the table, there's a lot of conversation. It's where we have really important conversations, oftentimes. We're able to share around the table. We share our hopes and we share our dreams, sometimes challenges, sometimes struggles, or worries, or or fears. When our kids were growing up in the house, we made sure that we had dinner together a few times a week. It wasn't every night because, you know, schedules are crazy with ball and band and all that. But, but we did make it a priority uh, several times a week. And, and we think that's really, really important to sit at the table. And we'd have to go around. They'd, they'd know. They'd be, okay, tell us something about your day. And they came up with something. <laughs> Invented something. Invented something, maybe. <coughs> and, you know, our table has certainly expanded over the years from a table of six to a table of 18. And last night we had 14. We were mm. celebrating the birthdays in the month of April. And, and we went, went around the table. Every single person had to lift up Erin, because it was her birthday, Stephanie, because it was her birthday, and the kids were off, so we didn't do them. But anyway, um, those <laughs> conversations are so important. And you can just imagine what's going on on the beach. Jesus with his disciples. Precious moments. Precious times. Precious time at home, and that time on the beach was important and precious as well. First, it tells the disciples and it tells us about the risen Christ. He isn't some ghost-like figure, some ethereal being from spiritual world. He's real. He's flesh and blood. I'm sure he ate some fish and bread along with the other guys. I mean, spirits don't eat fish and bread, do they? It doesn't work. He's sharing a meal with the guys that he spent three years with in ministry, the guys he loves, the guys that did life together. It's, it's proof positive once again that the resurrection is absolutely real. Absolutely real. Um, I just want to qualify something, like our, our big family together, inside, eating a meal, first time in 13 months. So we've all been vaccinated, and we're, we're feeling confident enough to go together, but I don't want you to think that we're being reckless with our lives at all, because we've been very careful, as I know you are as well. Well, So, picking it up at verse 15, John 21. 
When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Say the last line with me. Jesus said, feed my sheep. So as we said, um, during meals together, we have some of our most important conversations. Oftentimes, it's after the meals, though, where we have the crucial conversations. Like the one Jesus has here with Peter. Do you love me more than these? Jesus asked him. You know, it's kind of funny. We, we don't exactly know what these are, do we? It's kind of nebulous there. Uh, uh, is he referring to the other disciples? Do you love me more than these guys? Um, is he referring to the fish? <laughs> In other words, do you love me more than, more than fishing, more than the life you've left behind to follow me? And maybe it's something else. We don't know. Basically, though, what Jesus is asking Peter is this. Do you love me more than anything else? Am I number one in your life? Are you willing to put it all on the line for me? And Peter replies, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus' response is, feed my lambs. Three times Jesus asks Peter if he loves him, and three times Peter responds, yes, Lord, I love you. One for each time, I think it's, it's very, we think it's very interesting, one for each time that Peter denied even knowing Jesus on the last night that they were together. Three times. So here Jesus gives Peter the opportunity to atone for. That's a churchy word, but it's a good word. Atone for. To make amends for that night of denial. And Peter comes through. Telling Jesus, yes, I love you. I love you. Over and over and over again. But you know, talk is cheap, isn't it? Talk is cheap. It's one thing to say to someone, I love you. It's another to show them. You know, I can tell Carrie all day long, I love her. That's important. But, but it's what I do that proves it. it, it that's what is crucial. Actions always speak louder than words. That's what Jesus is telling Peter here. Don't just tell me, Pete. <laughs> Show me. Show me you love me. And how do you do that? By taking care of my sheep, my people. Feed them. And he doesn't say if that feeding is going to be physical, you know, food, emotional, spiritual. I think it includes all three of these and then some. You know, Jesus asks us, you and me, the same question. Do you love me? 
do you love me? You hear him say that? Do you love me? It's a good question. It's a very good question. It's a fair question. So we talk about loving Jesus. We sing about loving Jesus. And loving him and answering yes, then Jesus calls us to the next step. Jesus wants you and me to do what he asked Peter to do. Feed my sheep, care for my lambs, feed my lambs. So does that mean physically feed? Well, yeah, it, it does. That's why we have a food ministry. That's why, you know, caring for um, the starving children on the other side of the world is so important to us. So yes, does it mean emotionally feed them? Yes, it does. To care for one another, to pray for one another. Does that mean spiritually feed them? Yes, it does. And that can mean a lot of things. Lifting one another up, serving together, giving of our first fruits. Remember, though, that feeding his sheep is not what brings salvation to us. It's not in the doing. It's in the being. It's in the relationship. It's in our heart, loving Jesus. Our response to Jesus' offer of salvation, yes, I love you, is then we have a response. And it's a thank you note. Living a life of gratitude. Yes, Lord, yes. Then Jesus says, well, show me. Yes, Lord, yes, feed my sheep. Yes, Lord, yes, care for my lambs. Yes, Lord, yes, feed my lambs. And feeding is our thankful response for our own salvation, what Jesus has done, how Jesus has saved us. So, do you love me, Jesus asks. And if your answer is yes, if your answer is yes, the next question is, how are you going to take care of his lambs? How is Jesus calling you to feed his sheep? And however Jesus is calling you, what is your response going to be? That's the good news. It's the good news of the risen Christ. He may seem undercover, but he's there all along and he wants to be known. Let's believe it and let's live it. Amen? Amen. Would you pray with me, please? Almighty God, thank you so much for this message in John chapter 21. Do you love me? That's a question that you ask each one of us, and um, Lord, I pray our response would be, yes, Lord. And, and if we're on the fence with that, Lord, um, Lord, I know that you just dump, dump your love on us, no matter what. Your love is not dependent on our love for you. Wow, unconditional. Thank you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for a new day. Thank you for ministry together. Thank you for, for new babies uh, in the house of God. Thank you for 
um, just waking us up. God, we just want to give you a hallelujah. Raise our voices to praise you. Thank you. I pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody agreed here and online by saying amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.